Hello and welcome to episode 483 of the Lee Cast Podcast. I'm your host, Nathaniel Cooper. Joining me, Aiden Frost Rockarts. Hey, it was good. And back in not black, he's in uh, no plaid. Plaid. Flannel. Back in plaid. Um, Colton Blue Basket Sweat. Yo, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, my dudes. All right, on this episode, we've got a couple new patrons to thank. We've got some Lee Cast news to uh, to talk about. Um, we've got a lot of uh, new news to to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got a couple of stories. Uh, I don't think we have a guaranteed guffaw this week because we got a lot to talk about in MSI regarding the uh, the Rumble stage. Um, I, and I'm we'll... doing more old champs, if you don't mind that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So we'll do more, more uh, old champs. Colton will appreciate that a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about the roundtable from last week and this week and then close it out with uh, some mail fight. Uh, Aiden, how was your week? I think it was good. I played almost zero league. Nice. <laughs> uh, mostly, I've just been like addicted to Overwatch. That game's fun as fuck. Uh, once again, the only problem with Overwatch is that no one plays it. <laughs> yeah, it does have a very uh, low player base. Do, do they publish their numbers anyway for, for the number of people who play it? I think they did when the game was super popular, and that hasn't ah. done that. It's like, you know how like League po- always used to publish the numbers in like season three, four, five? Like, yeah, oh, we have 100 million active players, and then they just mm-hmm. stopped, and you go, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not a good design. Uh oh. Um, it's yeah. seven. Yeah, it's but, seven players currently in Overwatch. Yeah. Uh, but it definitely doesn't feel like a lot of people play that game. But it is pretty fun. Like, it just is an overall well designed game. I think it's pretty sick. I think when Overwatch 2 comes out, it will just make it super sick. Hopefully, um, yeah. As for League of Legends stuff, though, uh, I watched a lot of MSI. Nick and I were just talking. We watched pretty well every single game in the Rumble stage uh, outside of every pgg match didn't that didn't matter all nine of them <laughs> all but um, one yeah yeah <laughs> um but i i had fun though uh i i do want to play oh i streamed a little bit of league i guess that's the only league i played i played a couple uh smurf games when i say smurf games my d4 account which i am i am stuck on that account a little bit i'm not playing great uh the games i played on my smurf uh on i think yesterday were really good though. I, I played well on them uh we did lose a game that was crazy me and this kindred hard carried the ever-living fuck out of our team our mid laner it was afk for like six minutes or something under her turret and mm-hmm. the enemy team eventually realized that our zoe's afk under the turret so they go to diver kindred flashes over a wall and alts our zoe uh saver and kills both of them holy shit yeah okay. and i'm like holy fuck this is crazy and then like kindred had 24 kills that game i was like 8-0 at one oh point that God. game we're hard winning and then kindred spam pings to backdoor their nexus turret they only had one nexus turret so all four of us just run at their nexus turret don't do damage to it because we don't have minions yeah. and just died and we lost the game <laughs> oh yikes <laughs> but it was yikes. fun it's, it's still fun uh i probably would have been annoyed at that call if we were like uh if I was on, like, my D2 account or whatever, mm-hmm. but it, it was fun. Uh, Kindred and I played really, really well that game, um, so it's good. And then the next game, I got carried by a jungler whose name was Piss Baby Diaper, I think, so it's good. <laughs> nice. I'll tell you know he's a uh, very good jungler. <laughs> yeah. Every jungler has oh, a fucking sure. name like that. It's crazy. Like, the, the Kindred's name is Jungle Difference or something like that, and then next jungler is Piss Baby Diaper, uh, so... <laughs> You know, that kind of sounds good. like um one of uh, Vacan's other account names. I think it's like yeah. Poop Fart Butt or something like that. Yeah. Like something real dumb. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, that was my week. What about you, Cole? How's your last couple weeks been? Yeah. Um. So last week I was not on the podcast because I was out in the middle of the fucking desert in Big Bend National Park. 
Um, Where is that? It turns out, uh, so that is in southwest Texas, like right on the border of Mexico. Uh, It was very hot. It was very hot. Um, You know, when you don't have like air conditioning or running water and you just get to have nice like 80 degree water in like 100 degree days, it was it was wonderful. Uh, But it was some really great hikes, uh, really nice views. Uh, If I were to go back, I would have definitely done it earlier or later in the Mm -hmm. year. But uh, it was a really good time. Then came back and uh, just kind of relaxed a little bit. Uh, I've got my closing on my condo coming up, so I will soon be Colton, the the homeowner. Hell uh, yeah! Sweat, which is why uh, I'll I'll use that as an excuse for why I'm hard stuck. Plat <laughs> is I I don't have time to get to Diamond. I am a homeowner. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's is that? I think that's how it works. Uh, I didn't really play any league the last two weeks uh, outside of TFT, which I've been grinding. Um, played uh, a little bit of the Lissandra comp before it got nerfed, and I didn't really like it. Been playing a lot of like the current Kale comp, which is still pretty strong. And I think they just patched, and I was looking through, and there, it looks like there's been some movements in the good comps. So uh, still getting used to this set. There are a couple more things that are bugging me about it, but I think it's mainly just because I still haven't really figured it out. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Nice. I think I'm in gold somewhere. Um, but it was funny because I, I was doing with Chris right out of placements, and I was placed like bronze two, and he was like <laughs> high silver. Yeah. And we played like five games together, and I went like one 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 two, <laughs> and I. I I like I went like plus seven hundred while we were playing Holy together, and you went like plus eighty. Oh. <laughs> Holy! Fuck. It was just, it was so funny. Wow! <laughs> like I I I went up two full divisions during our games. Insane. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can climb real fast in TFT, but that was uh, about all that's up with me. Nicholas, how you been? Pretty. G- what you doing? Pretty good. I uh, I only played a couple of league games today. Um, I think I'm down one game in ranked, but I'm only down uh, five LP, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's not too bad. I, I lost one at 10, so that, that helped a lot. Um, other than that, let's see. Oh, I started uh, Sekiro again, Aiden. It's uh, the game I'm going to be playing next. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat it. Hell um, yeah. Game is also very hard. If it you're is a very fucking hard. monkey brain like me. I'm, I was dying to like regular enemies. Um, yeah. But I just got just play Leona and Sekiro, man. Dude. True. Um, I just got to the Blazing Bowl, so oh see how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first like I, real like. Maybe you quit the game here. Check. <laughs> I remember that being kind of a gimmick, and I remember talking to you about it the first time that I tried it. So we'll yeah, see. There's a mechanic that it makes it gimmicky, which is not gotcha. as much fun. But gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, otherwise, my new computer came this weekend. It was uh, super fun to, to set that up. Um, and it, it and I ended up not needing to transfer over my um, my uh, uh, hard drive or SSD, <laughs> like I asked. But I did find it, so I'm, I'm proud of myself nice. for that one. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. So let's get on with the show. Uh, we've got four new patrons this week. Shout out to Walter, T. Scotlam, Swain the Josh main. Ooh, nice. And Ryan. Thank you, Swain, for supporting us. Uh, thank you guys for supporting us. We appreciate our bunch. Um, enjoy your bonus perks. Uh, Aiden, what kind of league cast news are we looking at? 
Uh, nothing like crazy. Um, we, what do I have written down? Oh, um, the only thing I did want to mention that for patrons, if you're a new patron and uh, we do have discord rules. So if you're like a regular patron, if you're a two mo or if you're a three mo, uh, we have a bunch of rules. Uh, those are a little borked right now. So if you don't get your rule, uh, I am looking into it. I think I'm going to send an email to Patreon before I like reset our discord bot and fuck everything. Um, but you're, you're not alone. Other people have had this issue as well. So uh, I'm trying to get that fixed. But, uh, other yeah. than that. Uh, nothing too crazy. Um, we are going to record a Zed Talk sometime this month. That should be out soon. Pay uh, usual, what's it called? Profile reviews by the end of the month will be done. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the usual. Yeah, and if you're if you're having trouble with your, like, not getting your Discord role, message uh, one of us and we'll we'll make sure that yeah. we, uh, we give it to you. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, let's jump into the new news. Hey, guys, the Blue Essence Emporium is back. It's pretty, pretty poggers. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the new uh, Tom Kench and Lucian skins aren't uh, included in yeah, that. Yeah, not yet. Unlucky. Um, did you pick up the um, the skin, Aiden? Yeah, Kennedy bought it for me on my Ooh. main, and then I bought all the chromas for it. So Nice. Have you used it yet? Do you like it? I have not played with it yet. <laughs> oh, interesting. I've only mm. played like three games a league since, and they were all on my Smurf. So. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Sweet. Um the Pride event is back in all games. Uh, I saw that there were some missions, um, I think free-to-play missions, uh, in in League at least, but make sure yeah. to check that out. Um, I don't think there was like a pass or anything for this. It was just like a, everyone kind of No, it's just it. like uh, some missions, and then you get the icons, and if you have the icons, you have like your like uh, Pride trail behind you sort of thing. And it's mm-hmm. cool that they're like transitioning this Pride event to like all their games, so it's going to be in like Runeterra, it's going to be in Valorant. Uh, just like different like borders and stuff to like show appreciation and support so it's good it's nice yeah nice um and then there's a gameplay thoughts regarding counterplay um what was in there uh it's nothing like there shouldn't be any of it true that's there it's like it's pretty bare bones honestly a lot of it is just like kind of talking about their design philosophy how like champion there should be counterplay um because it is when you're playing against a character it's nice to go oh, I should do this when playing against this character, right? And there should be, like, some depth to, like, deciding how you play versus them. Maybe you have more options, like, I should do this or I should do this. Uh, and they go into, like, different, like, breakdowns of, like, tactical count, tactical counter play being, like, hey, it's a skill shot so I can dodge it, right? Rather than, like, something that just clicks on me and I die, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or strategic counter play where maybe you want to build something. Like, I build, um, what's the shield shredding item right now in the game? Serpent's Fang. Serpent's Fang. They have a bunch of shields, so I'm going to build Serpent's Fang because it's going to counter this, right? Interesting. Or whatever. Or then they go into like how like champions are built with weaknesses. Xerath is the example they use. He's a super mobile artillery mage. So if I'm playing against a Xerath, maybe I want to play like an assassin like Kiana who can move around really quick and like get on him and kill him. Um, so it's just like stuff like that where they go through like their design philosophy and how all these things are really, really important. Um, but you also don't want to just like make it completely like it's not like saying hey skill shots are good because they have counterplay so we're going to make every character have only skill shots because that also mm-hmm. like doesn't add there's a cap to like how much value you're providing in like the counterplay department interesting cool 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 um definitely check that out hopefully they use this to uh tackle some of the the more frustrating aspects of league yeah um i think that's kind of it for the news uh we'll yeah, have there's... some very sad news next weekend in the patch. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. The queen is going down, Colton. Absolutely gutted. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did they? Did they if I recall, <sighs> I was I was skimming through the Discord. They 
They put Leona into a, uh, a reasonable amount of F-tier. damage. They put okay. her into the dumpster. Where she'll Can never we have a moment of silence for Leona? Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was okay, great. Cool. I appreciate it. Much. <laughs> it's a long enough moment. I can't. I can't wait for the silence truncating to just wreck yeah, that. True, it's gone. <laughs> um, I can't. I can't wait for the compensation buff. Uh, it's okay. Um, yeah. Let's move into the stories. We've got one uh, five story from uh, Mahatma Abba, who says podcast rocks five stars. Best league of legends podcast either side of the Mississippi. No comparison. No comparison. Neil sounds like a weenie. Who's Neil? Is that another podcast? <laughs> I don't know. It's funny as can be. Wait, though. wait. It's probably Nick, right? Yeah, you'd assume probably. so. It's probably you, Nick. Oh, man. You're probably Neil. I sound you like sound a like weenie. a weenie. All right. All right, dude. Do you think that this guy listens to a, a League of Legends podcast produced on the Mississippi that he thinks is better than ours? <laughs> yeah, it's his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mahama Abba, best best League of Legends podcast recorded on the Mississippi River. <laughs> Thanks, Mahatma. Yeah, next one is from Frank Gam. Gave us five stars. Best lol podcast out there. Uh, awesome combination between chilling with the guys and getting tips on how to improve the game at the game. Uh, five out of five. Can't wait to catch up and send some fan mail. Also, Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> ten out of ten kids show. Eight out of ten overall. Interesting. Um, Only an 8? That means it's bad. <laughs> nah, dude. It's 10 out of 10 as a kid's show and 10 out of 10 overall. <laughs> That's all I have to say. And uh, Wait, is this from Sweet Heat or Frank He's Hanton? quoting Sweet Heat. Frank is uh, quoting Sweet Heat. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, hey, nice quote. Thanks for the 5-star review. Uh, you're wrong, Avatar. 10 out of 10. Kids show, 10 out of 10 overall show. Uh, but still kids show. So Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, cool. Thanks for that. Uh, Aiden, you want to tell us about some old champions? What was this? What yeah, did so we call this again? Colton, did you listen to last week's episode or no? I haven't yet, no. So I created a new section where I want to reminisce about old shit in League of Legends. Um, and so we, we, we're deciding between mm-hmm. two titles for, two names for the section. One is a trip down memory vein. Um, and the other one is <laughs> Nostaljana. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, either way, we, like, last week I went through, um, I've been going through the original seven. What about, what about Retirement Home of Runeterra? <laughs> I like bad. terrible, like, uh, champion names. <laughs> hodgepodge is there. Yeah. Um, but last week I went through five of the original 17 characters, and this week I'm going to go through five more. Uh, and one of them is a fucking doozy, and it took me a long time to write up, uh, and I'm going to talk about it. Um, so... Yeah, let me jump into it. So, the first character we're going to talk about is Kale. Do you guys remember old, old Kale? Because Kale's gone through a couple changes. A lot, not a lot of them have been, like, huge, but they've been kind of, like, numbers-wise pretty fucking yeah. crazy. So, I remember old Kale. I don't think I probably remember old, old Yeah, Kale. I remember yeah. the red I, ball and the fucking flames, you know, on I, I remember when she, like, had the Q, which is just, like, a targeted mm-hmm. deal damage and slow... W was movement speed plus heal. E was like your auto attacks are ranged and super powered for a little bit of time. And the ultimate was invincible. Yeah. But I, I think old, old Kale is probably even more ridiculous, right? So, like, like kit-wise, like, they all their abilities have kind of always functioned the same way. Um, I, I literally wrote, overall, it's a very similar kit to uh, season, one, season one other than the leveling system they added, like, recently. Um, so her old, old, old passive, like, season one passive, but I don't, I didn't remember this at all. 
when she when you auto attack people your allies and you get attack speed just in an aoe around you and if your allies die you get their attack speed buff that they got what the fuck? So she, her idea was that she was going to like Lamau. like uh, avenge people, right? So yeah. like her allies would die around her and she'd get more attack speed. Um so that was a system that also tied into all of her other abilities too. So like when she had this like uh avenge status where she has like extra attack speed from like allies dying around her and stuff, her key would stun instead of being a slow. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which, this, uh, so is this in beta or This is like a uh, beta leading into like season 1 time. Okay. Uh I didn't write the timeline down for the Kale one. Um, gotcha. But for the rest of her kit, uh, her Q, yeah, her was a point-and-click slow, would turn into some when you had this, like, passive at that one point. Her W was the targeted heal. At one point during beta, her targeted heal, you know how it gave, like, a little movement speed bonus? It wasn't, like, a big movement speed bonus. It was, like, a tiny bit of movement speed. You're kind of like, hey, cool, I'm moving faster. They, that was 20 seconds at one point of movement speed. Wow. <laughs> um, her E was the giving her attack range and AoE on her to auto attacks. We all remember that, the mm-hmm. good old days. And then her ultimate is the exact same thing. The only difference is that in season one at the very start of season one slash end of beta her ultimate was six seconds at max rank uh like duration <laughs> wow. wise so you could uh give yourself a six second a mob- uh like i slow what like a day uh, invincibility is the word i'm looking for uh and yeah. it was a 45 yeah, second cooldown at that time so Jesus it's a very Christ. strong ability wait six six seconds of invincibility on a 45 second cooldown yeah uh, and then just like to go through some of our other passives just to, like get us up to date where she is now so she had that attack speed passive where like you'd get it from like your allies dying and shit like that uh, then she went to the AD gives AP and AD and AP gives AD passive that she had for like a long time and then she went to an armor slash magic res- uh, resist shred passive mm-hmm. and then she's now at her current like exalted system where you get like levels from or get different uh, stuff from hitting rank 6 uh, 11 and 16 so she's hmm. gone through quite a little bit of changes the next one is Master Yi. Master Yi is an interesting one uh, because there's some stuff I didn't know about and then a lot of stuff I did know about because he still is just a basic auto attacker. Um, so his passive was still the double strike. Uh, it has functioned a little bit differently over the years, but for the most part, it was the same. In beta, I didn't know this, his Q and his alt were switched. His ultimate was Alpha Strike and his Q was Highlander, uh, the attack speed steroid. Um, but his <laughs> when Alpha Strike was his ultimate, it hit 10 targets, had a... Uh, like everything could crit and it did like 300 damage base or whatever um so it was like i'm fucking it's like kind of old fiora ult in a way i guess um because that's kind of kind of how it functioned wow. um his w was that's a 60 wild. second cooldown in beta it was a terrible ability his meditate um his e was a cost per attack at launch where like you could toggle it on and off kind of like frost shot but it would give um attack damage and attack speed when you had it toggled on hmm. and then his ultimate was yeah as i mentioned alpha strike at 10 strikes uh kind of crazy the only other thing i want to mention about Yi is um a lot of people don't know ap Yi was a thing for a while because fucking menace they yeah, buffed him at no, one we point love it. where his meditate had a 4.0 ap ratio which is fucking crazy. His Q had a 1.0 uh, ratio on Alpha Strike, and his ultimate reset uh, all of his cooldowns on Killer Assist. So, APE was a fucking nightmare in Season 3. Yeah. You mean he was a king? Yeah. A king. We loved it, man. And it, and the fucking resets? Ooh, let's go. Yeah. It's good. Uh, yeah, there's not too much to talk about Yi, though. Uh, next is Morgana. Uh, she's pretty similar, I guess. Uh, her passive was still Spell Vamp. Her Q at one point was four seconds long uh, snare in beta. 
Um, but other than that, it's kind of like always just been a three second want to die while you're in it type ability. Her W is seven seconds at one point instead of five. And then her E is exactly the same. It's never been changed. The only funny thing I saw about her E when researching this was at one point there was a bug where you, if you spell shielded someone and then Zillion went to go ult them, you'd like deny your own mm. Zillion ult with spell shield. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Which is funny. Uh, and then her ultimate, uh, the only tri- change, you guys not might not remember this. You guys, I think you guys played in season one. This was like a change late in season one. Uh, her ultimate had, uh, you know how it does the damage immediately, then it like snares after like mm-hmm. three seconds or whatever. It used to have a mini stun on the beginning part of it. So like you'd latch, okay. you'd hit Q and it would stun them for one second, immediately nerf to 0.5 seconds. And then like after the duration, it would stun them for like the one second or whatever it is currently. That's crazy. So it's just an extra stun yeah. on top of it? Yeah. The fuck? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a um, I do remember when Morgana was, like, a really strong mid laner for a little while back in the days when you would just save up enough to get a needlessly large rod and then 100 zero the other mid laner by flash <laughs> yeah. ring them. The, the old Reggie, I don't need mechanics, I have flash R. Wow. Morgana was a that fucking was a crazy time. mid laner for a while. If she were so good in the jungle and support, I think she'd still be a pretty decent mid laner. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, next, we have Nunu, who's our second last one. Uh, he's gone through a lot of changes. A lot of them are kind of hard to track, too. The main thing that got the most changes is his passive. His passive, uh, if you guys remember, his very first passive is Season 1 slash beta passive, Visionary, which is the free spell every fifth spell. Yep, free spell every fifth spell. And then they eventually made it so, like, that Visionary spell would also have a, like, higher rank, so it'd be, like, a rank 6 Q, Mm -hmm. so it'd do, like, more damage. It'd do, like, 1,200 damage if you had uh, your Visionary up for it. it. It was a pretty good passive for Nunu, I think. They eventually changed, um... I guess I guess that is the main passive. Sorry, I guess everything else is related to visionary. Uh, what, I'll go through everything. Wasn't it every six auto attacks, or was it six spells? Uh, it might have been changed. Maybe it was auto attacks or spells. Okay, that would make sense. Maybe. Yeah, I think. I think it was auto attacks. So I thought or I remembered spells, auto yeah. attacks. Yeah, I think I think you might be right about that. Um, his Q. Um, in season three, it got bonuses for what you ate. So, like, if you ate, like, a Gromp, it would give you percentage. Yeah. I was just going to ask if you guys remembered that when you got the different buffs, depending on what you chomped. They tried to do this a bunch, Cold. That's what, like, is the most confusing thing to me. So, like, they tried this in season three where you mm-hmm. get either percentage health, percentage damage, or percentage movement speed, depending on what you ate. And then in season six, they mm-hmm. added the well-fed passive, which gave you movement speed, percentage health, or on hit damage based on, like, how recently based on how many unique camps you'd had in the last like minute and <laughs> yeah half. and it stack up it was just like i don't know man what are you guys yep, doing it would stack up to five if you had chomped each of the camps within a time frame. yeah they really wanted to have them have this like fucking eat mechanic uh and then i, I want to talk about blood boil because a lot of people don't understand how good blood boil was in season one mm-hmm. so oh my god blood boil was nuts i used to i used to have a blood boil max new new build yeah. where i would just camp my trinimir and say here you go buddy have stats <laughs> yeah because blood boil in season one um was a 65 attack speed 15 uh movement speed uh, fit, uh buff for 15 seconds for you and an ally um so you even had times where you saw new new support because you're just giving your ally 65 percent attack speed and a lot of movement speed for 15 seconds at a time that's a crazy thing they eventually in season eight added even an ap ratio to it so if you blood boiled someone they'd get ap as well um but they'd get 40 percent ap i think if i'm not mistaken yeah it had like a, a max amount that you could get at each rank though mm-hmm. so like you couldn't like build full ap then just give them like 200 or whatever but it was like it was a good amount uh but either way blood boil was fucking crazy it's literally the only reason nunu could be a support um which is just funny and then his e his e is always kind of what his e was always this point and click ability was kind of a nuke um 
Nunu had Cripple on his E and his R. Cripple was a stat that was attack speed slow and movement speed slow. Yeah, I was going to um, say. Mm-hmm. So his E at one point was a four second Cripple, which would slow you by like 40% attack speed and movement speed uh, with a 1.0 ratio. And it was on a four second cooldown. So <laughs> you were permaslowed by Nunu, who's hitting you with these fucking huge nukes. Uh, he was miserable to play uh, uh, against at that point in time. Yeah. And then like his the, ultimate. Sorry, the only thing that didn't like he had, he didn't have going for him was he didn't have wave clear, and like yeah. otherwise he was mm-hmm. the perfect champion. <laughs> yeah. Then the only thing. Oh god, dude. Uh, sorry, God. No, I was just gonna say I remember playing Nunu back on the old threes map mm-hmm. and stacking spell pen boots because they weren't unique. And the base damage on your ultimate was just so high. Yeah. <laughs> you go, like, source shoes and whatever, like, haunting guys was back then. And then just, like, three more pairs of sorcerer's shoes and a death cap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Um, and then his ultimate. His ultimate really hasn't changed too much. It used to be a little bit bigger of a nuke. Um, and the only real thing to note is that in beta, uh, I don't think it ever extended into season one. You could flash your ultimate onto people because your flash wouldn't cancel the channel. Wow. So, like, you just new to in a bush and then just fucking flash it onto people That's over crazy. walls. Um, and then they realized that was not a good thing for the game. Um, so, it's good. And then the last character I'm going to talk about, this is going to take a little bit because I thought it'd be fun, is Rise. Oh, oh my boy. Okay. I loved Rise back in the day. So, we're going to go through every single one of his kits just really quick. Oh, okay, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. So, I'll be back in an hour. Yeah, we're talking about uh, Beta Rise first. So this is Rise in Beta. He never made it out of Beta with this kit. Uh, also, a lot of these are a little bit hard to track, so I might get stuff slightly wrong between, the like say, like Rise Rear 1, 2, and 3. They might be like a little bit of overlap, but for the most part, I'll try to go on what, like, go over what has differentiated between all the Rise reworks. Because I think a lot of people understand that there's a meme that Rise is like, oh, they're going to rework Rise again, but I don't think a lot of people realize how many times he has been reworked, or at least mini reworked. And, um, and I feel like the, the thing that made it like extra weird is that it happened so frequently for mm-hmm. such a, like, in a short period of time. We'll, we'll go over. I, I the feel timeline. like there is a full re- rise rework every year for like oh, four perfect. years. He has the, he has the timeline. <laughs> yeah, because it, it. I mean, a lot of it's early. You'll you'll see. Um, so rise one. We're gonna call this rise. Uh, we'll just call it rise one. Rise one. This is in beta. Um, so his passive was literally just, hey, if you have low H, low HP, you get more AP. So the lower HP you are, the more AP you get. Um, and I couldn't find any data on this other than a picture from uh, the League of Legends guide book, um, which is literally like just his his abilities, like what they say they do. Like, oh, if you're lower, you get stronger. Um, activate this ability to turn your auto attacks into AP attacks. So, like, hmm. that's what I'm going off for, like, beta rise, because there is no fucking info out there. Um, so his Q was a point-and-click mana scaling ability, kind of like what you guys know old rise Q to be. Uh, his W is a three-second root, a point-and-click ability again. His E was a uh, toggle where you could make your auto attacks do- deal magic damage, uh, mm. which I didn't know about. This was in beta. And then his R was the bouncing orbs ability that we'll talk about for a lot of other, a, a lot of uh, a lot of his other abilities in later years because he's always kind of had this bouncing orb ability in different ways. Uh, but in beta, it was actually his ultimate where you would shoot out a bouncing orb and it would have a 1.0 ratio per bounce and it would bounce up to six times. Um, so you can bounce it off yourself and hit an enemy like three or four times uh doing 1.0 ratio is it's crazy that is a fucking big nuke yeah. um then we have rise two 
which is this is season one literally launches season one they go hey we'll rework rise so his new passive is using abilities decreases the cooldowns of other abilities by 1.5 seconds so we're kind of starting to see this like shotgun yeah, mage type archetype uh start to evolve for rise his key was still a point and click ability with mana scaling a quite a lower ap ratio uh but it has a much lower like cooldown and uh has passive cooldown reduction on it so he's starting to turn into like this more uh spell slinger mage yeah yeah uh, his W has now been nerfed from a three po- a three second route uh, to a two point four second route, um, so they've lowered the cooldown reduction on it, but they've increased the AP ratio on it. Uh, his E is now his bouncing orb ability. He shoots at five orbs with a much lower ratio, one third of his old ultimate ratio. But when the orbs hit people, they reduce their magic resist, uh, which was a cool mechanic. That's the yeah, rise that I do. know. <laughs> uh, and then his ultimate was for eight seconds, you gain one hundred and forty AP at max rank. Uh, and you do like EP is spell vamp and AOE. Yeah, all your abilities have AOE damage on it. Yep. So that's the rise I think all of us vamp. remember for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was that was the good old Q E or sorry, sorry, Q W E Q R W Q E combo yeah. where you could literally just mash that whole sequence. Mm-hmm. You just fucking back typing. to back to back. <laughs> yeah, baby. And then we move on to Rise Three which also takes place, this rework also takes place during Season 1. Um, so his passive stays the same, his Q is still a point-and-click ability, much lower ratios, but once again, they lower the cooldown of it. So now it's even even uh, an ability that comes out even faster. Comes out way more often, even faster, does a little bit less damage, though. His W has now been nerfed to a 2-second root. Uh, remember, we went from 3-second <laughs> root to a 2.4-second root two, to now yeah. a 2-second root. Uh, it has a lower ratio, does have mana scaling now. His E has tweaked damage and an increased cooldown. And his R, the main thing that got reworked in this Rise rework number three, is uh, so they removed the AP bonus because they realized giving a character 140 AP for using an ultimate probably isn't a good thing. Um, and instead, they gave him passive mana on it. So you got 225 passive mana, which obviously scaled with all your other abilities. Um, and then you got Spell Vamp. Spell Vamp was the main thing they added in this rework. Um, you still have the AoE abilities, but now when you activate your ult, you have uh, a bunch of Spell Vamp, so like you can heal back up and do a ton of AoE damage. Huh. Cool. I think that's the one I remember yeah. the most. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Rise rework, Rise number four, also in season one. <laughs> okay, maybe not then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so passive stays the same. Q point and click. Uh, they're increasing the mana scaling. Uh, so now he's becoming like way more of a mana mage at this point. Still like a super low cooldown Gatling gun mage though. His W has now been nerfed to a 1.75 root. <laughs> uh, we're seeing a trend here now. Well, all these keep going. Keep, keep going. Turns out keep a point and, uh, a point and click root is probably not okay. Uh, they increase the mana scaling on this. So. Uh, we're kind of seeing this mana mage archetype coming out. His E now has a mana ratio as well. Uh, on his ultimate, they remove the mana, but they give him uh, movement speed on use. So now you turn into like a fast-moving fucking like run around the map type control mage when you use ultimate. So like you get 80 movement speed at like the best time uh, when you use uh, his ultimate. So he's kind of turning into like a mana mage archetype. I think if I remember correctly, this is when we saw like the tank mana rise like yeah, archetype come out I for like so. a while, which was a nightmare to play against. He was just so we, fast. Yeah. And then we got Rise 5. There is a four-year gap between Rise re- reworks here. So we had four we had th- uh, four different versions of Rise in Season 1, and then we see our fifth uh, version of Rise in Season 5. Hmm. Um, so he gets a new, completely new passive called Arcane Mastery. So this is a stack passive. When, when you use abilities, you get, generate stacks, and when you get five stacks, you turn supercharged and you get a shield with the mana ratio and it causes all your other spell casts when you have the shield to reduce other ability cooldowns um 
Oh, I don't remember that one. Yeah, at all. so just you'd get you'd like proc a bunch of shit to get like shields was the idea, and you'd kind of be like a pseudo tank mm. caster was the idea. Um, his Q in this uh, change is changed to a skill shot, so it's no longer a point and click. This is season five. I thought he personally got the skill shot way later in his life cycle, but mm. uh, he gets his skill shot in season five. Uh, they do a bunch of damage and ratio adjustments to obviously make it uh, balanced as a skill shot. His W uh, gets some damage and ratio adjustments, um, and it now has a one-second duration, <laughs> his uh, W. Uh, it does have a two if they have flux on them, which is his new E. His flux is... I literally just wrote flux AoE shit. This is where they started doing these mechanics where, like, you'd throw flux on a oh, wave, yeah. and then you'd throw flux on it again, and, like, AoE stuff, and it would work... Your, yeah, your E applies flux, and then if you E again, it bounces to everything, and your Q consumes yeah. the flux, it bounces to anything with flux. But if you W a flux target, the stun is... it's. So dumb, man. Yeah. So he his W does have a longer stun duration if they if they're flux, but if they're not, it's a one second duration. So we've seen another nerf to his W. <laughs> and then his ultimate is now Realm Warp. But if you guys remember, uh, Realm Warp at this time only has two ranks. You get to point a put a point in it at six and eleven, but you can't put a point in it at level uh, sixteen. So his Q actually had um, six ranks at it in the, mm-hmm. in it at this point in time. So. A very interesting choice. Oh yeah, I do. I do remember that they did that nonsense for like, um, he'll just have <laughs> two levels of ulti, and so we'll put another point on his Q, I guess. Yeah. And then, so now we now we're at Rise Six. This this rework happens in Season Six, and this is where his title gets changed from the Rune Mage, uh, to, to the Rogue. Sorry, to the Rune Mage from the Rogue Mage, because uh, now he uses Rune Magic, and all of his abilities are Rune based. Uh, so his hey, do you know where he got his tattoo? <laughs> Rune Prison, I heard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. So his six uh, point Q is still active here. Uh, his other abilities decrease the cooldown of all this stuff, and they generate rune. So whenever you use abilities, you generate a rune, and using Q will consume all your other runes to get a shield, movement speed, and increased damage to flux mark targets. <laughs> uh, his W uh, gets damage and uh, ratio adjustments, and now has a one point four uh, second duration. So this is kind of a buff, but they don't get like you don't flux on them for like longer now so it's kind of a nerf in a way as well so another kind of nerf to his w his e is the orb spread shit that we talked about again it's just a fucking nightmare just throw a bunch of orbs on the wave and aoe it uh i've never understood how that worked but i remember seeing it a bunch in this season mm-hmm. and then his ultimate is just passive 30 percent cdr <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, um mm. and you get uh it just you just get a uh, duration increase to your q passive um like the shield and stuff as you like level yeah. it up and stuff wow. And then we're at the current version of Rise. Rise number seven in season nine. The mini rework we kind of saw a couple years back where his passive is the most boring passive in the game. It's crazy this character gets reworked seven times, has some crazy shit in his kit the entire time. And then his current passive is literally, if the more mana you have, the more it increases your AP. Mana <laughs> equals AP. It's like, nice. holy fuck, you guys went through like 12 mm-hmm. different passives, and the one that you end up with in Season 9 is mana gives you AP? Holy, what are you doing, Riot? Um, yeah, I think, honest... Go ahead and finish, and then yeah. I want to talk a little bit sure. about Rise, uh, his, and what we could see in Iteration 8. Yeah, uh, Q gets reverted back to 5 points, uh, his R has four three points again, that's where like the point goes from his Q. Uh, no more shield... Uh, it gets increased damage based on your R's rank, which is really weird. So the more points you have in R in current rise, the more uh, damage your Q does, like based on like flux damage and stuff like that. Uh, your W is now a 1.5 second slow. 
uh, but if they're flux, it turns into a root. So once again, another <laughs> nerf to W. Uh, seven rise re reworks and seven nerfs to his W. Turns out fucking point and click stuns are OP in League of Legends. And then his uh, uh -huh. E pretty well less flux spreading. Current rise isn't based around like fluxing the wave and AoEing it anymore. It's more just spreading it to like proc damage and stuff uh, and get better stuns. Uh, and then his ultimate just gets a third point, and then it now passively passively increases Q damage to flux targets. Uh, so it's kind of like a watered-down version of the Season 6 Rise, in my opinion. And we're here. Holy shit. We did it. Yeah. All right. So, obviously, we need to rework him again, because he's still <laughs> dumb as fuck. He's, like, Dude. the most boring version um, that he's ever been, honestly. Like, that, that's yeah, kind of what I got yeah, from it. So, I mean... He's probably the most balanced they, he's they, ever been, too, though. That's fair. Probably. <laughs> so. I mean, I think I, I would like to see him go a little bit back more towards the combo. I would like to see a real ultimate. And in all, all honesty, I would rather it go back to an ultimate where it's just like, hey, I'm stronger for a little bit. As opposed to like, I don't want him to have like a big ability to add to his combo mm -hmm. or to have like, Oh hey, you know you're already stupid Q W E W Q Q E W combo. Yeah. Let's add an R in there somewhere where it like needs to be the seventh or fourteenth button you press. <laughs> Otherwise, it's dog shit. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want that. Um, but I I think one of the the things that could be really interesting is like okay like fucking all in on the mana mage nonsense and be like okay. Like, all of your abilities scale primarily on mana, mm -hmm. and you don't have CDR. Like, you're, you're, like you're, you're, your cooldown reduction or your ability haste gets converted to AP, and your mana determines your ability haste. Like, fuck it. Yeah. Go all in. He's the mana mage. Like, make Rise build 5k mana and have it be good. Yeah. Interesting. Right? Like, like literally, like, I want that... And then you could do, like, a bunch of other shit where it's, like, he's doing, like, old-school rune magic. Like, right? Mm -hmm. The way he interacts with the game and stats can and I think almost should be different. Where it's, like, no, yeah. Mana's, uh, like, Ryze's ability haste is based off his mana. And, like, his ability power gives him, like, almost something else. Or, like, right? Where, like, you yeah. give him all of these u unique scalings in a way that makes sense. Where it's, like, well, yeah, he's... He's doing different magic than everyone else, man. Like he's not doing modern rune terror magic. He's doing fucking old school like rune magic. destroy the world rune magic. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. But they also did take away mana from like items. Uh, Psygonic just said that where it's like you can't really stack mana items anymore like you used to be able to. Yeah, you'd almost have to have him like get just get double mana for like whatever he builds. <laughs> Or something mm -hmm. weird. Uh, yeah. Either that or even, like, I mean, I'd be fine if they even gave him, like, a unique item, kind of like Victor, where it's like, hey, he's got, like, a world rune, right? Yeah. Like, you, and then you can give him weird stats around that. I don't know. I just, I, I want to give him the scrolls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I want I want to be able to play Rise, but I don't like current Rise. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, anyways, that is like uh, bad. the old uh, our section our um, nostalgia for the week. I probably will talk about the other um, 
six or seven original characters um, that I haven't covered yet. Um, maybe some other ones as well. Depends on how much we get into it. But I just want to talk about Rise this week, mainly because he was like the fucking craziest one. People always talk about like, oh my god, Rise has been reworked so many times. And the number is, there's been seven different Rises, so we have the <laughs> official count. That's wild. Yeah. Yo, wait, what if in the next rework, his ultimate is just it spawns eight different clones and he has all of his kits at once and you're just attacking your keyboard <laughs> crazy wow nice cool um awesome let's talk about msi um yeah. boy msi happened and uh a lot of people aren't happy with the uh some of the results i'll say um where's the okay that's weird the website if you have it in like half uh, yeah like half of the screen doesn't pull up everything um all right so round two we had six teams uh in the rumble stage uh it's sort of like play-ins part two yeah or at, at, like actual groups i think um we had uh damon kia take first place uh rng take second place psg talon take third mad lines to take fourth cloud nine take fifth and pentanet gg take sixth uh unfortunately cloud nine and pentanet failed to move on um, but yeah, like Aiden and I were saying, we watched most of it. Um, I think, you know, overall, I think obviously DK and RNG look the best. Yeah. Um, PSG, I think has really, really high highs and really low lows. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the only other surprise really is I think how poorly cloud nine did. And it's not like they did terribly. I think they lost too many games that they should have won which is yeah a really non-committal way to say that but so it's interesting uh i think i'm turning into a bit of an na simp but i also like i don't think cloud nine played that poorly to be honest i think like uh so i, I was a fudge hater going into this tournament not a fudge mm -hmm. hater like actually hater but like uh i thought he was overrated i guess uh because, like, he went into, the, like, what, the play, the lock-in tournament at the beginning of the split, and he looked, like, dog shit yeah. sort of thing. And mm -hmm. then in the split, he looked fine, like, started thinking, it's like, okay, this guy's potential. And I'm like, no, nah, he's still, a, like, a bit of, like, he's definitely, like, a weak link on their team compared to, like, Perks or even Blabber or, like, Sven or Vulcan, right? Um, I think by the end of the tournament, he was their best, most consistent performing member on their team. I think so, too. Uh, I think so like too. I think to the point where like I would rate him as a top two top laner in NA, um, mm -hmm. based on at least off his highs for sure, like top two. Uh, his lows were a little bit rough sometimes, but he also got some fucking shit matchups. Um, but like I thought the real concerning thing was Perks. I thought Perks looked like probably the second worst member on the team, despite being supposed to be their all star like player, right? Yeah, I think um, um I think Perks looked definitely definitely their worst player. I think well. I think Blabber definitely Blabber had like, way lower really lows. Bad. That's true. Like Blabber played fine in some games, and like that being said, Blabber's supposed to do less. Blabber's not supposed to be a like fucking they didn't pay eleven million dollars for Blabber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I yeah. I know like it's not really fair also to like say Perks has to be playing at an eleven million dollar level like for him mm -hmm. to be worth it. You know what I mean? Because that's like a fucking weird quantifiable thing. Yeah. Um But like he it, he shouldn't be their second worst member, I guess. Because I would easily go um, uh, Fudge, Vulcan, Sven, Perks, Blabber, probably mm -hmm. by like, way of like tearing them. Um, but like I guess like back to my original point, I don't think Cloud9 played that poorly. They shouldn't lose to Pentanet. There's no fucking world in which they should lose to Pentanet. But like score-wise, they went 1-2 with uh, Damwon in the tournament. They went 1-1 with RNG. They went 1-1 with Mad Lions. 
um, and they went 1-1 with PSG. Like, that's not a bad scoreline by any means. It's more the fact that, like, dropping games to a team like um, uh, Pentanet... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, right? Like you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't lose those games, right? I mean, if they don't lose that game, they play tiebreaker versus Mad, and they, I mean, Probably based on how how that game went, I think they would win it. Um, I think so too, yeah. So like, I don't know, saying they're one game away from making knockout stage and calling them like bad, I don't think that's necessarily fair. I think their lows looked way lower than any other fucking team, uh, like outside of Pentanet, but their highs were fucking fine. I think like approaching that like lck lpl like level like they're not going to beat those teams in a best of five don't get me wrong i'm not like i'm not fucking smoking reefer um but like they're not bad and i don't understand like i know swift and i on, on our discord have been like kind of fighting back some of the na hate and i understand where the na hate comes from it feels bad seeing your teams do poorly at every single international event but like i i think they're easily on the level of like mad i i I don't think that's honestly crazy like maybe i am like simping too much for na i feel like i've shit on na for like lots of years but i i i mean i've talked about this a lot in our discord i would rank the tiers like there should be like major regions regions which is like mid regions or whatever and then minor regions and the top regions should be korea and china and then the mid regions should be like uh eu na uh pcs vcs sort of thing mm-hmm. uh and then the, the minor regions should be every other region in the world i think that's a more accurate way of tiering it rather than like debating if na is like a top region with korea china eu pcs right mm-hmm. where i think yeah I, I think the gap between say like eu and na and like china lck is way bigger than the gap between na and eu for example yeah i i think like to go with a more traditional like you know d through s tier kind of ranking it's like at at any given time korea or china is s plus and the other one is probably just s unless it's Mm -hmm. a very competitive time and they're both s plus and then like eu is probably a or a plus and most people would say na is either like it's probably a minus i think it's it's not a hard argument to say maybe eu and na are both a yeah or that, like, you know, one's A, one's A+, plus, or maybe yeah. they're both A+, plus and they're really not all that far behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that watching full best of threes would be a little bit more telling, and I haven't... I, I didn't watch much MSI, <laughs> um, so I can't really speak to the current state yeah. of NA's talent, but um, I, I, I would agree, Aiden, that the gap between, you know, China-Korea to anyone else is much bigger than the gap between na and eu um and i think in some cases the the gap between na and eu is closing but i would say that that is joint factor of na is getting a little better and also i think that the teams we're getting out of eu at this exact moment are not as dominant as maybe like the last two years g2 yeah I guess I, I'm not sure. I um, I'm an NA hater. I'll say it mostly because my team sucks, so I don't feel any uh, heartburn about saying the region sucks. Um, I don't know. I I just felt like at times, at times Cloud Nine looked really good. Like they should get out of groups and they belong, you know, on, mm-hmm. on an international stage. And at other times, you know, they looked extremely terrible. Like, say what you cool. want. Have about you seen the, the blabber thing? Yeah. Have you seen the blabber snipe play yet? oh yeah okay cool that. that's like that's that's what like i think nick means by like the lowest level like that's crazy like that's something a solo queue jungler does i mean even something that like didn't 
that in hindsight looks okay, but uh, like, well, I don't even know. Like, their game versus RNG where they lost to a backdoor. Like, mm, there's crazy. zero times where that should happen, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, it, they just misplayed, you know, and and it was just bad macro, which shouldn't exist in a major region. Um, and then uh, you know they they took games off of off of RNG. You know, uh, they went one one, right? Or took a game mm-hmm. off of RNG. And it, it, it's not that like stuff like that can't happen. Like stuff like that will happen, but like it shouldn't happen that consistently. That like there was multiple games where you go, holy fuck, what the fuck's Cloud Nine doing? Like the backdoor versus RNG, um, the uh, game versus Mad, where fucking Blabber just mismanages Heat so bad that they just lose the three v three and lose the game off the scuttle play. Like, like stuff like that. Like yeah, Blabber's fucking inst- horniness for scuttle crap is wild. Yeah, the, the fucking smite fucking niddly play on, the, like, the scuttle. Like, there's a bunch of plays like that where it's like, okay, yeah, your mistakes like those do happen, but the fact that it can happen, like, I don't know, in, like, 30% of your games is crazy. Like, there's mm-hmm. a problem there at that point, right? Yeah, and, like, say what you want. I, I It's a meme, obviously, I, I think, I'd like to believe, um, but people have talked about, like, win trading, RNG win trading with <laughs> yeah. MAD. Cloud Nine still lost seven of the ten games that they played, right? Yeah. Like they still lost the vast majority of their games. And if you wanna you wanna get out of like Rumble stage or groups or whatever, win your games, like period. And also, I think just like sh- I just want to shut down the win trading thing. Uh, if RNG wins that, they get first seed or they play a tiebreaker for first seed, so they're not win trading as well. Just like to shut that down because I did see a lot of people talking about that. Uh, oh, like, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then subsequently, Cloud9 lost to Pentanet, so it doesn't yeah. it literally doesn't even matter, right? Yeah. So I I don't know. There's um there's and then like on top of that, let's say Cloud9 as a whole, you know, looked looked good. I would put Team Liquid on the same level as them, and then I would put maybe TSM a slight like bit under that in NA. Yeah, uh, you know, and then and then it starts to become like fringe top tier teams like maybe 100 thieves um but there's a lot of really bad teams in na i would say the bottom five teams are like not like not internationally ready you know and if half Mm -hmm. of the region is not internationally ready like the region as a whole kind of sucks yeah i mean that's like the main reason why like i value lck and lpl like way higher like i think eu has had some fucking highs mainly g2 g2 has looked actually like a top tier team like worldwide team g2 is carrying eu internationally yes yeah exactly um but like look at lpl and lck i know lpl has more teams but lpl has like five teams that like people maybe not five let's just say four four teams that people all had good cases for being the best team they weren't sure if they sent their best team and it's not like hey we weren't sure we sent our best team like oh mad lions versus g2 it was like we haven't we're not sure if we sent our uh, best team like fpx versus top versus um rng versus whatever it's like four there's like a discussion on like four teams on whether it's like the best chinese team and that's scary right mm-hmm. when a region has like four fucking best teams that compete at this level versus like naeu that has like one that almost competes at that level it's it's yeah. there's a big difference yeah i think i i think you're you're pointing at a really good point where there are there have been and well i think will continue to be plenty of points where like if we fast forwarded like partway through worlds and said like Okay, let's take a look at the top eight best teams in the world. Yeah. Like, it would not be shocking to have four Korean or four Chinese teams in the top eight teams yeah. in the world. And, like, yeah, maybe at that time you've got one NA or one EU team where it's like, hey, 
you know, there was a time you'd probably put G2 in maybe the top three, maybe yeah. the top two, like depending on where you stand, or where you maybe put like TSM or something seventh or eighth. Yeah. But like, there's I don't think there's ever been a point where you'd say like we're gonna put three teams between NA and EU <laughs> combined in the top eight. Like that's never yeah. the case. Yeah. And so like, I, I don't it, like Cloudburn looked good. I think the region kind of sucks, but yeah. I, I mean, like, know. don't get me wrong. NA just sucks because you're sure. here, Nick. I do think there are more systematic problems in NA than there is in EU. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say EU, like, it's obvious that EU is better than NA. I just don't think it's that big of a difference. Um, Because it's pretty obvious that, like, it's not like NA doesn't put together fucking good rosters, right? Like, 2016 TSM, like, um, what year is the really good? I mean, even current Cloud9 roster. um, Or, like, two years ago, Team Liquid. Like, we've had a ton of, like, fucking really good put-together rosters. And there's just other issues, for sure. Like, I'm not sure if it's practice. I'm not sure if it's, like, nerves. I'm not sure if it's whatever. But there's definitely issues that plague NA that it seems like more than EU. Even though I think, like, player-wise and team-wise, we built similar level teams, I guess. Yeah, I, but, I'm not sure. And that that sort of brings up the um, the import question, right? A lot of uh, yeah. um, owners want to consider removing the import rule and allowing like an unlimited number of imports. But I don't know. I don't think that fixes anything. And I don't think NA should be allowed that easy out, you know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, don't think I don't they think should it's going to happen either. But... I, I don't think so either. But like, I, I know on the podcast specifically, we've talked about like, there's mm-hmm. pros and cons for each, um, but man, I I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I agree. I just don't think it's like as bad as people make it out to be. I just think you have to like reframe it in a different context. Um, but either way, yeah, I'm not I, as fun as fuck. I think. Yeah. I I it's on a go ahead. Sorry, no, go no, ahead. I, I was just gonna say I fucking loved waking up. Like I I I work from seven to four. Um, so I'm already two hours into my into my job before MSI comes on. But I, I love being able to watch 30 minutes of League, take a break while fucking post-game happens. Yeah. And then go back to watching 30 minutes of League. Like, it was it was fun to be able to watch all mm-hmm. the matches live. Um, so I was going to say, and then, like, without jumping into a huge import discussion, I, yeah, I, I am with you guys that they shouldn't take away the import restriction. And I don't think that would help. Yeah, I think a potential way to go about it that I think could be really interesting is that you're not an import if you've played less than two splits in like a major region, major scene, mm-hmm. where it's like if I take a challenger player out of the Turkish region, like that's not an import. But if I take someone who's got like three seasons of LCK, that is. Yeah, yeah, and like at that point, you're you're still an import until you've played more splits in NA than you did in the other region. Because I think that would push things against, like, we're going to have, you know, retired Chinese, like, world's yeah. world champions come to NA to retire and not try anymore. And more like, hey, yeah, you can pull good players from other regions, but, like, it's either got to be your star carry that you're paying Buku bucks for, or you're just recruiting talent from other regions because... You know, the, the challenger scene in Korea is better than the challenger scene in NA. Yeah, as yeah. long as everyone has equal access to that, I think all that does is, like, make scouting, like, a better part of, like, the system for everyone. Like, That's I exactly what fine. I was going to say. Like, everyone needs to have access to that then. Because I don't think... Yeah. The the real big thing that I I think is my issue with the, the owners wanting to remove the import rule for NA is mm-hmm. that it only, like, benefits yeah. NA. 
Like it's it's strictly bad for every other region in the world, and I don't think that's good for the game. Like I don't I don't think NA should get this special treatment because they're mm-hmm. the fourth most popular I don't know region in the world. I yeah. I, I legitimately don't know, but um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Um, I, anyway, how do we feel about uh, how do we feel about knockouts? I I do want to talk about one more thing first. Oh, well, I guess sure, it kind sorry. of ties us into knockouts. Um. Um, I'm fucking disappointed with the format. Um, and I've talked about this a lot, like in the Discord. But go like, ahead and go ahead and paste it, your uh, your clipboard from from that comment that you've made several times. Yeah. Um. The main no, like just like the so everyone likes seeing competitive best of fives, right? It's fun watching series, right? And I understand series aren't always like the most feasible thing to set up for a tournament because they take a lot of time but we are in a fucking tournament one of our two international tournaments a year where the format is 66 best of ones and then three best of fives mm-hmm. that is the format of msi 66 best of ones three best of fives mm-hmm. why why the fuck is like even if rumble stage was literally every team plays each uh another team once and it was a best of three that yeah. potentially adds, um, what like five extra games sort of thing, like s- seven extra games. It's some, it's like five. It's between. It's under ten games. Like I don't know. That seems like just a like even just any anything, man. I want to see NA play Korea in a best of five or a best of three. I want to see NA play EU in a best of three. I don't want to see sixty six best of ones. Yeah, I mean, and and um, I don't yeah. think this really displays the best. Like, I do think it happened to to, like allow the best teams to go to to knockouts yeah but they're the best best of one teams right like yeah cloud nine could look completely different in a best of five and i think they probably do their their match or their series against team liquid they pulled out some really really innovative stuff and i think yeah not being able to do that is really like really disheartening like it just seems really dumb I think a best of three would actually like lead to better like results. I think NA doesn't <laughs> NA doesn't kick a game. NA doesn't um beat China or Korea in a best of three, right? Yeah, they take a game, but they're still like they get two points or one point instead of like three or whatever whatever the scoring is. I'm not sure how they do scoring for like best of three. Um, whether it's like two points for like whatever. Anyways, either way, it's like I think like that leads itself to a more like accurate format, I guess, than um just random best of ones where you take a game i also don't think any like loses to pentanet in the best of three ever you know what i mean like same thing yeah no it's just more consistent what's the like what's the downside to playing a best of three um like each team plays a best of three versus uh each team plays a best of three against one another versus playing two best of ones yeah, it's more time is the idea, right? And, like, tournaments are expensive to run. But, like, I don't know. Fucking, I think competitive integrity sometimes is, like, important. It just is a crazy stat to say it's a tournament where it's 66 best of ones and then three best of fives. It's not even a big bracket for, like, the uh, knockout stage. It's literally three games or, like, three sets. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I don't understand. It's the second biggest mm-hmm. League of Legends tournament, like, in, in every year. But yep. we can't have, like, decent formatting. I'm fine with best of ones for like, get, like 
you have to eliminate teams. You know what I mean? If you're going to do an international event where everyone's invited, I understand running a ton of best of ones to like eliminate a lot of the lower teams because mm-hmm. you can't just run best of fives all the time for shit like that. But like, fucking man, for your big regions, invest in the time to run good series. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Like, I am a, a best of three simp through and yeah. through. Um, I, I, I'm i of the opinion that League of Legends should always be being played in best of series. <laughs> like, best of threes for regular season games is what I would like to see. Best of fives for, like, most semi and finals. And, like, I'm also on the point where, I like, I'd be fine with Worlds being, like, best of seven or even a best of, like, nine. Obviously, that'd be an insanely long series, mm-hmm. but, like, God, the fucking storylines you could get in, like, a best of seven if it was, like, two, two, <laughs> two, two. Yeah. You're like, well, what the fuck? Or, like, two, two, one, one, and then, like, the best fucking final seventh game. You know kidding. what's fucking wild? Why weren't these just, why weren't these games just best of twos? I don't know, but they don't like best of twos. Which yeah. I understand why, because it, it's, in theory, confusing to the viewer when they go, Oh, one team won a game, one team won a game. Oh, they're not playing a third game? That's confusing. But, like, Fuck I don't them. know, man. It's, <laughs> it's it's better for competitive integrity to do the games like that. It's just, like... Like, just do the games back-to-back so we have a, a more accurate representation of, like, the better team. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And even even if you want to make it, like, for, for scheduling, because I think scheduling is yeah. part of it, where it's like, hey, okay, if a game can go two games, or, or like, if a second go two games or three games... Or in the case of, like, a best of five, it could be three or five games. That's tough. Like, fine. Then fucking play the three games. Like, do, do your whatever best of ones for, like, your initial yeah. knockouts. Get rid of the shit regions. And then say, hey, you're going to play three games. Like, you get eight points for a 3-0. You get five points for a 2-1. And, like, if you went 1-2 or 0-3, you get, like, you know, one and nothing, yeah. you know? That's fine. Make them play three games. And if they get fucking 3-0 rolled, they get 3-0 rolled. Yeah. No, it'll also be a good way of doing it. Either way, I just think the format's, like, my biggest issue more than anything else. Um, do we want to quickly talk about Knockout? Um, the teams are Damwon playing um, Mad on Saturday, and then RNG playing PSG on Friday. And the um, finals being Sunday. I think Damwon's kind of a lock for finals. Um, yeah. I think, personally, I think RNG, PSG is probably going to be 3-1 RNG, but I think it's going to be a really close series. Yeah, PSG played awesome in their games that they've been winning. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just their losses look pretty bad, too. <laughs> yeah, so best of one, right? I think PSG yeah. is the best. I Like, I don't think PSG gets out in best of threes. Yeah. You know, but... Um, and I, I think they kind of fall to here. Of course, it's PSG. They're the most unpredictable team, I think, thus far. So I think uh, as long as... It depends on which one shows up, but I, I think it's just going to be damn one RNG in the finals, personally. Yeah. most I think it's the most likely outcome. I mean, I think, I think I, I, I'm with you that there is a world where PSG upsets... Um, I'm dropping their name RNG. right now. RNG. But I, I don't see a world where Mad can take three games over damn one. Yeah, yeah. that seems hard. Like they could, they could take one. They could maybe take two. They are not taking three. Dude, Showmaker's so fucking good. And then you go, oh man, Showmaker's so good. And then you go, holy fuck, Canyon's just as good. And then you go, holy fuck, Con somehow makes characters like Scion look OP. <laughs> I don't know. They're Honestly. so crazy. Literally, the only problem with Damon is their bottom lane is 
definitely on the weaker side, I think. Their I think barrel is might super been, hit and miss. Yeah, fucking barrel might actually be one of the worst supports of the tournament. Imagine barrel or imagine DK actually have like Ming or yeah. even um uh, what was his name? Kai Wing on yeah, yeah. Uh, PSG. Fuck, Kai Wing looked good. Mm-hmm. But Oh well, right. that's uh that's MSI. It's uh disappointing, but that's okay. Um Sweet. Let's talk about the roundtable. Hell yeah. So last week's question, Colton, you can answer this one, is the year is 2030. Riot has just released champion number 200 with an overloaded kit. What new mechanic does this character have? Um, Let's let's see. What new mechanic does this character have yeah. in 2030? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that this character has uh, a new ability where... They just, uh, they just permanently, they just, they, like, if they kill you, they delete one of your items. (laughs) What the fuck? Hell yeah. (laughs) It's funny because we have a, we have a response just like that that we're going to get it to in a second. Um, so I'm going to go through some of our listener responses. I've got from a couple from Twitter, one from Rainbow Honeysuckle. They say, 80 80 carry whose ultimate is bullet time. Slows down time for everyone except for themselves. Particles move slower, autos move slower, and obviously the champ more slower, except for champion number 200. Last 25 seconds or until the enemy team is aced. (laughs) I do like the idea of slowing down everything around you. It'd be so fucking toxic to play against because your Uh game would just like freeze and you just watch them walk around everything. I'd probably Um, quit. That sounds awful. It would be really funny though for the moments where like say there's like a bunch of shit flying through the air and they use their bullet time ultimate and everyone just has to sit there and watch them do shit and they fuck up and die. Yeah. <laughs> everyone is just so waiting funny. and watching and just watching someone fuck up like that would be they would get flamed so hard every You know time. both teams are fucking pinging that though. Yeah, it's crazy. Um next one's from Downgrade Falco. He says champion steals your abilities. Sorry. The champion steals your abilities, making you unable to cast them for a certain time. Doesn't work on ultimates, but if he or she kills you from your, uh, from your own ability cooldown, it gets extended. If the ability gets swapped, uh, the uh, CD gets refunded. I do like the idea of like locking out certain abilities. I don't think it would be good for the game, but that's kind of a cool idea. <laughs> um, next is from Lunar, and they say he can switch teams, gets LP from whatever whoever wins. <laughs> I like that one. Um, from our face, we've got one from Matthew, and they say, uh, if you kill the enemy, you can steal one item they own and gain double the effects. What the fuck? So, I, do, so I don't think you could ever, like, do something like that. I do think there's a world in which you could make a character able to steal active items in a fight for that fight. Yeah. Like, you could steal someone's, like, like being able to use the activation. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Um, that's, that's, next, I mean, it's sort of like Zoe. Yeah, it's similar, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then we have some from our Discord, one from Speedy Spikes. Every, passive, every five minutes, the player has the option to send uh, to spend RP to buy stats, a true pay-to-win character. <laughs> true. Uh, then we have one from Lavender. They say, a minor wall ultimate that can reflect uh, ultimates back at the team that threw them. For example, reflect a Seraphine ult and laugh, Ooh. or if an ult like Malphite hits, it get re- gets repositioned with his ult and slams into his teammates. <laughs> uh, I think that'd be cool if they eventually could program something like that. I feel like that'd be a nightmare, but it'd be cool if you could like bounce shit back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last but not least, we got one from Broken Banjo. And they say, every third kill on a champion, you disable one random ability uh, until they kill you. <laughs> Once again, I like the idea of, of like, mm. sl- like breaking abilities and stuff. That's kind of cool to me. Sounds wild. Anyways. No, what they really need to do is they need to put Thanos in the game. And at level 6, you get your ultimate called Snap. <laughs> and it literally just does an RNG 50-50 on if you win the game. Yeah. Or lose. 
perfectly balanced, baby. Cool. This week's roundtable question is: What does NA need to do need to do to perform better at international events? We kind of talked about it a little bit, but uh, just like give me your like, mm-hmm. quick thoughts. Uh, uh, they need to last hit more nexuses. <laughs> I mean, quick thoughts. I, I don't know. Actually, take a look at using academy correctly as a yeah. as a minor league and not as a retirement home. Um, I mean, I am a fan of Darshan, you know, because he was on CLG for such a long yeah. time and had really high highs with them. Why is he still in Academy? I, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty, like, solidly, he's not going to be an LCS player again. So I think he is, like, literally wasting a an Academy spot. And it's not, it's not Darshan's fault. Absolutely not. Like, yeah. play, like, play competitively if you, if you are able to, but why the fuck is it an academy team fielding that roster? Could they not find a single top laner that that they can, I don't know, take like take his place? But yeah. Also, I do want to bring something up, like kind of related to that. I'll, I'll make this just my point. It's not really fully related, but this will be my answer. Um, people have to stop flaming like uh, professional teams for they're fucking not academy like they're what's below academy like they're amateur they're mm-hmm. amateur teams losing to like teams that's crazy to me because it's it's ass backwards like sometimes sometimes it actually is fair but like if you look at the results for the uh amateur circuit pretty well every single like pro teams amateur team is losing games right uh versus just like random like groups of like people right so like there'll just be a random group of like challenger players that have a team and they'll beat fucking academy's amateur team or uh, sorry tsm's uh amateur team right mm-hmm. um and people will be like damn fucking not really working out tsm you're fucking losing to a bunch of random like streamers sort of thing the problem is most of these teams have the players on their like amateur teams are like 15 16 year olds and they're trying to like foster talent for like two three years down the road right versus a bunch of streamers who were like used to be pro players or were in academy and stuff like that who have like experience playing competitive games like yeah tsm definitely has way more resources than a bunch of dudes who just go to university together um but i do think the skill of just playing in a professional league probably outweighs a lot of like the resources that you have like as like tsm or like i don't know it, it seems like you shouldn't be shitting on these teams as long as they're not, like, if they're fielding, like, fucking Darshan on their fucking, like, amateur team and losing to, like, just a bunch of streamers, sure, man, that's a problem. But if they're fielding, like, 15-year-olds that are, like, they're hoping to bring into their organization in the next, like, three years, then is that an issue? Is that an issue if they're losing games now? Like, that seems fine to me. No, also, every single team in the world loses games. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's it's a little ass backwards. It feels like these teams are doing making the right steps, like picking up the like players who aren't actually known, but now they're getting flamed because they're losing games play with playing these players. Like, it's, it's so strange. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I think that's another reason NA kind of fails. I think there's too much of an expectation to win now. Um, and that means a team can never take chances on Ryoma-type players, Yeah. right? Because then it just blows up in their face. And yeah, we have such... Uh, fair weather fans it feels like that oh okay well 100 thieves did poorly this one split so i guess i'm yeah. a i'm a team looking fan now yeah but yeah, it's odd mm-hmm. sweet cool um if they want to answer the round they can table. hit us up on our facebook page or our twitter at leadcast they can send us an email mail at leadcastpodcast.com or they can come into our discord and post in our round table section 
Uh, into mail fight we go. And the first email is Sex Raptor, subject counterpoints. As a counter to that guy complaining about, uh, about talking about Dota last week, I think you guys should talk about Dota more. On that note, two of you, I've been listening for a couple months and still don't really know anyone's name. We're talking about bringing things from Dota to League, and near the end of that conversation, there was a discussion about teleport scrolls. This is something I've wondered a lot about League. It's pr pretty clear Riot doesn't like teleport, evidenced by its repeated nerfs any times it becomes coveted in roles that aren't solo laning. But I think one of the best things about Dota uh, as a game is being able to re react to things across the map. It encourages fights, contesting objectives, it makes it exciting. So why does Riot dislike it? Dota has to, on average, have a significantly higher kill count over the course of a game. I'm not going to look this up, but I'd say your average Dota match in pro play averages a kill a minute. It seems like a thing Riot would want. Beyond that, something I wish uh, was in League from Dota is a simple spell and sort of already existed in the game uh, Existed in the game before. Hats off to the Urgot one trick. Vengeful Spirit's ultimate is called Nether Swap, and it's an instant swap between her and an ally or enemy. Perfect support skill to protect your carry or another ally, and not something that exists in the game currently. I think the game could benefit more from support spells designed to save allies as opposed to disjoint enemies. Also, you can sacrifice yourself for a priority target target on their team. Thanks for the great work, Sex Raptor. Um, oh, yeah. I would love for there to be teleport scrolls. I think that would be uh, very good for the game. Um, you know, if every single character has teleport, yeah. then no one has teleport, you know? There's that, and I also think that it allows you to drop the summoner spell teleport mm -hmm. and then apply a more even cost to teleport where it's like, hey, like, good for you. You bought this 400 gold teleport scroll, let's say, and you teleported bottom and you got one kill, mm -hmm. right? And I got three plates, mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, there's that trade there of that cost of value, but then you don't get, like, oh, cool, I teleported back to lane with my 400 gold teleport spell to get six minions. Like, you don't get that so much. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that there are more ways around it, and, like, you, you could also, you know, have other types where it's like, hey, this one will get you back to your lane, and maybe it only costs 100 but you can't go to another lane or like there are ways to go about it that then allow for that really cool, like teleport into flank of a fight or like, Hey, we're having a fucking brawl in the bot lane at four minutes because something happened. And there's, there's 10 players. there. like, I really like when that shit happens, but I also think that doing it through like a purchasable consumable would help make that happen while avoiding the parts of teleport that that we don't want mm -hmm. yeah i agree i'm all for it um also yeah eventually yeah. or another swap would be really cool um yeah i was gonna say as a support ultimate where it's like it could be you know double the range on allies or something so it's like hey you can swap with an enemy or you can like really pull your your carry out of harm's mm -hmm. way but it would also, I think the biggest issue with it being castable on allies is, as always, the lol, what if trolls get a hold mm -hmm. of it and, like, I flash into the enemy team and then teleport my AD carry into their whole team. Mm -hmm. um, like, right, people are going to 
be so afraid of that that probably won't become an actual thing i also do think that we're getting to the point now like we had that i'm not sure if you were on the show colton a couple weeks back where we talked about riot has like talked about the reporting system how it's getting like better automation stuff they're now able to detect like cinder's throwing their teammates buffs like over walls and shit so like yeah when technology like that gets better i think we have less of an issue with stuff like that happening because they'll be able to detect oh you, you just teleported your teammate into death or whatever right like shit like that mm-hmm. yeah and and that's something uh somebody in the live chat is saying like what if trolls get a hold of it is a super limiting argument mm-hmm. and it, it is but it the fact is like it is something that riot has and does consider and like it does limit them and that's that's part of the problem where it's like you either need to just let it happen or you need to have factors to mitigate it. And those factors aren't quite there yet. And obviously there are certain characters who still can troll their allies, Hmm. but they've done a lot to try to prevent it with the fact of like, I can jump out of Tom Kench W at any point and it's not up to him. I can jump, you know, I direct where I go with Callista Alt as opposed to her doing it. Like these are really things that are anti-troll mechanisms. I mean, sure, but counterpoint, I've never once had my recall or teleport interrupted by a Trundle Pillar or an Anivia Wall, you know? Unless it was mm-hmm. a friend deliberately, like, probably you called I mean, I have it in, like, me. fun games, never, like, in a competitive game. Like, yeah, it's, fucking... I, I've never been trolled oh, yeah, by yeah. someone who hated my guts for picking whatever champion yeah. I did and doing poorly, you know? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I would like to see the game balanced in... in like implemented around the fact that we you have to assume best case scenario or or um yeah like you you want the good faith yeah. basis of players in champion design that like you can give them these cool abilities that interact with allies and mm-hmm. you you make the assumption that they're not going to then troll their allies and i i agree i'd rather see it done that way but i do think that is a limiting factor at right yes, currently yeah. where if somebody yeah if somebody pitched that there would be a, a point brought up like, well, what if they just altered their ally into the whole enemy team? And then somebody, not saying it necessarily would happen, but it could happen where they're like, all right, we need to do a different ultimate. Yeah, and that's dumb. I think that's uh, the kind of the exact reason that we don't have uh, voice chat in ranked, mm-hmm. um, which honestly is kind of unacceptable, to be to yeah. be frank. Um, but like the assumption, I thought you were Neil. The assumption is uh, that's actually really funny, Colton. I don't want to br- brush that off. I'll uh, <laughs> I'm giving you time. This is where I would normally laugh at that, but um, I think um, I don't making the assumption that like yeah, like you were saying, good faith. People are going to to use voice chat to work together and try to win the game, versus like oh now I'm just gonna get called you know a bitch uh, or a pussy, like face or mm. you know voice to voice rather than you know, being typed at. Yeah. Like, I, and I, I, I don't know, I just sure. think that's like such a lame argument, I guess. Uh, yeah. I'd rather do it in like a good faith basis that you assume your community is going to like play and act as intended. And I'd rather have it be like, we have the freedom to do so. And the people who abuse that freedom just get banned. Yeah. Like, yeah, you like open up voice chat and they're going to be racist, homophobic pieces of shit who ruin the game for other players and then ban them like you don't want them in your game that's anyways. just but i mean there's also going to be those people just like how it is for, yeah. you know I'm not, I'm not saying you you're disagreeing with this there's going to be people like that at the the starbucks that you're going to right and you're not mm-hmm. 
And you're not, not going to go to, to whatever establishment you're frequenting because there's a chance that that might mm-hmm. happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you not giving them the tool isn't going to stop yeah, them. Yeah, they're right? just going like, to find other ways to you, do it. You not implementing voice chat isn't going to stop them from flaming me in team chat and spam pinging me or, like, picking Trundle and pillaring me. Like, like they're going to find a way to do it. So, again, like, just open it up and then ban mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And also give us the tools to mute them, ignore them, block them, etc. Yeah. Like, that, yeah, I don't know. That's my thoughts. Thank you for the email. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Raptor. we went off tangent. Yeah, uh, next one is from Uwoi. I uh, just want to say that the Alistar segment on last week's episode was so good, I would have never thought you would get all those things down. To add on, I remember seeing some Alistar do a flash wq combo yellow star maybe uh, but whatever in professional play and i was super impressed kind of mind blown i still remember it after all uh the wq combo on alley wasn't difficult when you did it at max range because you got used to the timing but mm. instant after a flash or on short range was super difficult <laughs> to get right every time uh, i also remember bjergsen was kind of famous for his alistar top before he moved to na that's where I'd heard of him for the first time. Someone in game hyping this young, super talented player doing Alistair top. Anyway, love the segment. Damn it. Is this just talking about old Alistair? Yeah, we were kid? talking about how like WQ is hard because it didn't you couldn't auto combo it. You had to actually like time your mm-hmm. Q after your W to like hit them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, he was one of the champs we covered last week. Nice. Thank you, Uwe. Nice. I don't remember Bjergsen being good on Alistair, but I'll take your word for it. I remember him being good on Lemon Dogs. Yeah. I remember there being a small time when, like, Grasp Alistar Top was we a thing. We talked thing, about it. W yep. lets you auto-attack. Yeah. You'd go Grasp Sheen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, Alistar Top, there's, a, there's like, a mid-high diamond, mm-hmm. like, Alistar Top one trick. Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, he probably is already mid-high diamond. <laughs> yeah. That's usually so, how it is for those type of Yeah, players. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, a, yeah, yeah. someone mentioned a Teemo Jungle player earlier today is like he is a challenger player before he got challenger on team of jungle mm-hmm. or he would absolutely still be challenger if he played any yeah maybe higher <laughs> probably higher probably Thanks, higher. um <laughs> next emails from swampy logs uh hey fellas my idea for uh rito's latest gimmick champ is inspired by a game i had called uh, a game I had as a kid called lost magic for the nintendo ds in that game you had a library of magical sp- uh, symbols and you would draw them in combinations to cast spells the first symbol would determine the effect of the spell and the second would determine the element now imagine if you will a champion with no ultimate only four basic abilities a la udir those abilities could then be combined in pairs for example pressing q would prepare a q type ability let's say a linear skill shot and then you could press w to add a w aspect say a slow to the ability the champion would effectively have 16 functional abilities taking into account uh, each unique combination of Q, W, E, and R. He might not even be good, but his passive would require a lot of read to read, and he would make Aphelios feel like Garen. I apologize not for the length of this email, but for the headache with which I have undoubtedly afflicted you. Sincerely, Swampy Logs. And then re- we received a follow-up. I have now been informed that I have just inadvertently designed Invoker from Dota. Never mind. <laughs> Sag Swampy Logs. Yeah, that is a kind of Invoker to a T. Um... His ultimate, I believe he has access to it at level one, um, but it just combines the element that's like currently affecting him, uh, and he has three that he can do at a time. So if you, mm-hmm. the only one I know off the top of my head 
is if you do uh, fire, 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 you uh, summon a sun strike, um, which is like global range ability. There's a shit ton of damage and the damage is split between uh, um, enemy characters. But super cool. Uh, that character is awesome. I would love to see something like that in League, but I think it would be super impossibly hard to balance and I don't think it'll ever happen. Yeah. So... Thanks, Swampy Logs, and uh, good luck getting better at Invoker. <laughs> yeah. we. <lo> <laughs> uh, next email is from Dippy. How do you guys feel about summoner names along the lines of Here to Int and I Will Flame? In my opinion, toxic names lead to toxic games. You're starting games off with a negative attitude, making it more likely that both you and your teammates will tilt. It's not the biggest of issues in League, but I see no reason to start out on the wrong foot like that. I'm pretty well with you, Dippy, that it automatically kind of sets things to a bad tone. And while by no means do I think, like, having a name, I Will Flame, should get you banned, like, should it maybe have a little weight on a yeah. report where it's like, like, yeah, probably, because, like, again, you are starting from a little bit of a point of toxicity there. Yeah. Um, and, like, I know you guys were talking, like, very early on in the show, just, like, the idea of, like, even names, like, for fucking, like, jungle difference. Yeah. I fucking yeah. hate that shit, man. Well, it, it's, like, 99% um, like, of the time designed to tilt someone. Yeah. Like, generally someone on the mm -hmm. enemy team, you know? And if, if it works, uh, it, it works. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's probably fine, personally. Mm -hmm. um, because, like, what if someone finds the color blue infuriating and then you have to change your name from blue basket well right? i i mean i think it's more the fact that if you have your mm -hmm. name uh mid or int and then like you're toxic in game it, it reporting them should be like probably mean yeah, a mean, little bit more because like yes <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that if your yeah. name is that like and and subsequently you do things that do make you yeah like but but even that's like not a reportable. It's like premeditated at that point. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe maybe it's like second degree reports, <laughs> Maybe the reports should just have higher weight. Yeah like you guys. Yeah I think that's a good way of doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah that being said, you shouldn't just be banned purely because of your name. Like but yeah I do agree that like um, um well I mean there there are some well, names that you should get banned. Okay, yes, yeah we're not saying that. <laughs> You're yeah. not saying those names. Uh yeah well, thanks thanks for the email Dippy I agree um if it is something that bothers you you can always turn off seeing summoner names i have them set to uh, champion you'll still names. see it in yep yeah you, you'll still see it in champion select i think in load screen but at least in game you'll just see the champion name uh so that's kind of one way around it a little bit uh but yeah that's that's all i got for you pog Thank you, Dippy. Next email is from Jacob Haley Cast, long-time listener, but first-time emailing. I'm a mid Yone slash Victor main that's been hard stuck silver for four for 500 games, but just went up about 250 LP over the weekend, getting to silver one. Even though I've had such a drastic change in rank so quickly, I feel that the skill difference between silver four and silver one slash gold four, the MMR I'm currently in, is almost non-existent. And I feel that my skill hasn't changed very much either. My question is, at what point do, do, does people's skill noticeably change? And why did it feel so hard to get out of Silver 4 just to play what feels like identical games in Silver 1? Also, thank you guys for the content. I turn off crackheads gas meters in Vegas all day and drive alone. So the podcast helps time goes by. And thank you guys for being the one league podcast that doesn't make me cringe when they try to make a joke. I would not apologize for the length of this email. Thank you guys for your work, Jacob. Well, if you're not cringing at 
at jokes, it's just because Colton hasn't made one recently. <laughs> you haven't listened to yeah, Colton. It's just because I'm not there that week. Oh, that's toxic. I'm sorry, bud. Um, it's alright. Right. I think personally, the the appropriate skill of that um, rank only starts to truly uh, display itself above, like, rank whatever for um, probably. Honestly, rank three, like gold three is probably where gold players start to like be shown. Silver three is probably where um, silver players, you know, start to to show up Uh, because I think the four ranks are just filled with people who, you know, this happens tremendously in diamond four, but like you're, you rank up and then you kind of just don't care as much. Um, yeah. and I think that like this, the, the overall quality of the games do not increase and maybe even decrease, um, despite it being a higher rank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say generally like there is like, there's always going to be a variance between your current rank and actual skill. And I think the higher you go on the scale, typically the more like the smaller that gap becomes where like if i were to pull a hundred random gold three players Mm -hmm. i probably have a good amount of people who are like platinum level skill and i probably have a decent amount that are silver Mm -hmm. level skill um i think what you're describing of getting out of x division four and immediately climbing to the top is a very very common Mm -hmm. experience in league um i mean part of it is mentality part like in that hey i'm not hard stuck anymore and so once you hit silver three you're just playing better and ride that high all the way up to silver one um i think that the skill disparity between like four and one in most cases isn't huge Mm -hmm. and generally like there's enough of like you know you can take a d4 player put him in a d1 game there's a pretty good chance that they'll just do, like, just fine. And, like, if they play two games, they might, like, go one and one. And same thing if you took a D1 player and put them in D4. Like, there's a pretty good chance they'd go one and one. Yeah. You know, they're not... Are they the same skill? Probably not. Um, in a small sample, is it going to show that? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, overall, I, I would just say mainly it's that, like, once you get kind of unstuck, it, it tends to kind of jump. At least I've had that experience a lot where like anytime i've gotten out of d4 i've almost always immediately climbed to like at least d390 typically up to like d2 Mm -hmm. um you know it's it's never like okay i went from d4 40 points to like d3 10 points and now i'm stuck there and i have to play like 100 more games and improve again i mean i don't know it's weird people get stuck maybe uh maybe it's true that riot has you in winner's queue and loser's queue and you finally put you into winner's mm-hmm. queue yeah um anyway thanks jacob and good luck hey congrats on that fat ass weekend for uh for ranked that's crazy yeah, yeah nice also be be careful out there in vegas i uh we we had a great time in vegas when we went but i can't believe you didn't I, die Colton. i got chased I got chased down by a crackhead a little bit. Maybe not a crackhead. I don't know. Fucking execute me. Anyway, uh, Flying Dutchman has the next email. We're going to just skip right over that. 
Uh, Haley Cast, as I call myself the Flying Dutchman, I am a proud Dutch GP main in shitlow gold four. This champ is amazing because you can literally build everything and no one will think you're trolling <laughs> because it works. Sort of. Uh, I love playing Tank Plank or Shank Plank, Lethality, or AP Alt Plank. Uh, anyway, back to the point of this email. What are you guys' favorite champions that can build sort of anything and you can still pop off? P.S. I love the show. Keep the work going because my own work would be boring without this podcast. The Flying Dutchman. I don't know if I have a, a character that can reliably build a lot of different stuff. I like to build different things on those characters, but I don't necessarily um, think it's good. Like I, I like to build Samira not crit, and I know that's bad because her ult crits, and it's very important to do damage that way. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I think for me, the closest I probably have is Varus, and that, like... You can play like on hit attack speed, mm -hmm. you can build lethality, you can do crit standard AD carry, or you can do like AP. Um, and even like within AP, you can do like AP on hit or AP burst. Um, I think there have been other characters throughout the years that have more available to do that. But I think for me, it's more that like there are certain one off picks where it's like, I love playing full AP jacks for just like. I'm a WQU for a billion damage, but I, I don't really play standard jacks or tank jacks, so. Yeah, sweet. Um, thank you, Dutchman. And uh, hey, good luck at work. Not being so boring. Yeah. Uh, next one's from KC. Wait, it's hey my there. turn, I think. I'd be curious. Right? Is it? Yeah, you're right. Hey, you're bud, right. come on. Um... Next one's from KC. Hey there, I'd be curious to hear any tips you have for managing the in-game camera. I sometimes feel like I have difficulty seeing everything I want, especially in a situation uh, where I mostly care about vertical space, such as top or bottom turret siege. Also, I occasionally misposition my screen during a chaotic fight, which obviously really hurts, and I'd be interested to hear any tips for avoiding that or recovering from it. Um, your last one's easy. Press space, and it'll recenter the camera on you. Um, and then anytime that you want the camera on, you can hold space down. Uh, and it'll do it. Alternatively, um, you can press Y to toggle the camera being locked to mm -hmm. you um, and unlocked. Uh, and I think that's kind of the, the way that you have to approach uh, working the camera. Um, just try to try to move it with the mouse whenever you can, I think. Uh, or go with uh, um, just have it locked all the time. I don't even think that's a yeah. bad thing, honestly. Yeah, I think that there are a good amount of characters that you can just always be locked and do just fine on. Um, I would say, yeah, generally, like, just team fight locked or use the space bar when you want to lock on your character. That's what I do, at least, is that I'm unlocked 90% of the time, and then otherwise I'm just locked on my character mm -hmm. in, like, chaotic team fights if I'm kiting or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that's helpful, Casey, and good luck in your climb. Next email from Trent. Uh, hello. You heard of champions that create terrain and champions that have amplified abilities when interacting with terrain, but now in 2030, I introduce you to a champion that can manipulate terrain. This champion's name is Bob, bipedal operating butcher. 
Bob is a robot that's origins are unknown, but all the criminals of Runeterra know not to get too high of bounty or this robot shows up. Passive. This champion auto-attacks over terrain. Its attack does bonus magic damage. When standing in water on the map or water created by allies, it gains increased movement speed. When entering a bush, this champion becomes invisible for one second or until it attacks. Uh, if all effects of this passive are being used at once, Bob gains true damage on his attacks. Q. Code Bandle. Uh, when Q is activated, you can move a bush within an 800 range to another location within the range. W. Code Bilgewater. You can switch one 300 diameter circle of ground uh, with another within 1500 range. Uh, so an example of this usage would be bringing unworked ground to Talia or water uh, near Kiana for her ability. Um, or just terrain towards Kiana for the ultimate, I think. Uh, e. Code Targon. You may move one wall of terrain within 600 range to another location within that range. R. Code Lyoko. Return to the past now. <laughs> when this ability is activated, all things on the map manipulated by Bob return to their original location on the map. In addition, Bob is now infused with water, terrain, and brush for 6 seconds, gaining all the passive effects for a short duration. My idea for this robot would be an 80 carry with a large attack range, and weapon who's the perfect bounty hunting machine. Uh, some theorize it was created to adapt and hunt the many powerful enemies of Runeterra. What do you guys think of Bob? Kind of sick. I don't know. I like the um. I I like the like terrain manipulation, but I kind of fail to see how this character does anything. Like, he moves bushes. He moves. I think the point is that his auto attacks are just fucked. And then all of these other utility things are just like, lol. I'm also messing with the the map. Maybe, like, maybe. I don't. I don't know. Like, they see. I think they need to do something else in addition to moving the terrain. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's okay. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. You just your ultimate is like it pauses the game for twenty seconds, and it opens up like a little drawing prompt like a little toolbar and you can erase and draw more terrain for that 20 mm -hmm. seconds nice <laughs> so you just you just like wall off the enemy top laner in a big old box and it's like they can never leave if they don't have a long well, enough yeah just playing fucking super mario maker <laughs> exactly exactly that's what that's i want funny. they have to recall to escape the Jesus. terrain but your top laner keeps damaging them for like five so they can never leave yeah nice thank cool. you trent our next email is from Dalt. Hey guys, I just recently listened to an episode where a topic of discussion was the Louis Vuitton skins. You guys threw out some ideas for skins and tried to think of puns that fit, and one came to my mind. You may have already heard this slash thought of this since the episode I am referring to is from over a year ago, but I figured I would share anyway. Uh, Louis Vuitton, because nothing screams high fashion designer brand more than a sloppy frog catfish man. I feel like they could uh, make him look pretty snazzy. Uh, thank you for your time. I hope all is well with each of you. Take it easy, Dalt. <laughs> Louis Vuitton. I don't. I don't think we did that last when when we talked about it. Uh, but that's very powerful. That's a good suggestion. 
I don't think Louis Vuitton would ver- be very happy to fucking have a gross catfish character wearing their shit. Probably though. not. That's probably why characters like Kiana and Senna... Uh, or they do partnerships with the Final Fantasy characters, like yeah. shit like that, yeah. And, and why it's not Tom Kench. <laughs> That'd be fucking funny, though. What if that was the only way Riot would work with Louis Vuitton? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, Dalt. That's awesome. My my immediate thought, like, I jumped to fucking um, JoJo in Italy, part, part five. Yeah, yeah part five. With the with the gang stars, and I want like I want Don Tom, and he's just got like a big open neck shirt and like a little suit, and he's just like a fucking mob Savannah boss. And I just, uh, just watched the episode with Pulpo, who, if you guys <laughs> don't remember, is the very fat guy in prison. In prison, uh, yeah. who spoilers? Mm-hmm. Jonah kills very quickly. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think that would like a Pulpo skin for for Tom would be really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah. Thanks for the email, Dalt. Uh, last email here from Butt Stuff. Uh, dear Doctor's League guest, <laughs> uh, I had a recent game where my bot fed the Master Yi a double at level 3, and he then snowballed his absolute dick off. We lost that game, and I did what all players do at this elo, and just banned Yi for the rest of the night. That made me think about my favorite achievement in Team Fortress 2. It was called Rage Swap or something, and it was to kill somebody as a spy, and then they swap to Pyro before they respawn in an attempt to counter you. Uh, I would buy an Eternal of every character I love that tracked who banned my character after I played a game against That'd be them. awesome. Thoughts? That is pretty funny. That would be awesome. That would be such a good eternal, or if that was just a stat as an option, oh my god. It's just a tracker for how many people you've tilted. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That sounds sick. Uh, I would be down for it. Sweet. I would absolutely buy that eternal. That's yeah, a- how many... And, dude, this, this the stats on that would be so funny. <laughs> just, like, go to a profile and be like... This player has a fucking forty percent ban rate of their character in enemy team. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like after playing against them, at least two of those people are banning that mm-hmm. character next game. Or how much they like switch to playing your character after you beat them with it, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That'd be also be good. I feel like that's a very like strong fuck this character move too. Where you just think it's yeah. so broken that you lost to a player with a thousand games on it and you're gonna play it with fifteen. That is the dream though. You beat like you beat yep. someone with the character. They sw- you play them again. They play that character. And you beat them with a different character. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. Hell yeah! Thanks, cool. but stuff. It also feels so good though when you play against that person and you at their character and you dick on them. Yeah. You're just like, see, I told you Tom Kent was just fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Sweet. Thank you, uh, but stuff. Um, that'll do it for this episode of Leecast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to send us an email, it is mail at leecastpodcast.com. Uh, come watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash bluebasket and twitch.tv slash leecastfrost. Uh, uh, Aiden's channel, leecastfrost, is where we stream um, uh, the episode every single week. Yeah. This this show yeah. that we're currently so check recording. It out. Um, tweet at us at LeeCast on Facebook. We are LeeCast. Visit our website, LeeCastPodcast.com. Get a link to our Discord, LeeCastPodcast.com forward slash Discord. Uh, and then finally, support us on Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash LeeCast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.